Now. Three, two, one, go! This is episode 43 of the Cool Down Time podcast. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and I'm joined by my co-host, Pablo, to talk about gaming's best and bootiest. Say what's up to the people, man. What is going on? What's up to the people? <laughs> All <laughs> right. Hell of an episode this week for sure. We have a Souls skeptic, that'd be me, and a Souls savant, that'd be Pablo, talking Elden Ring <laughs> in our main event of the show, dishing out compliments like to my boy. idiot savant. <laughs> you, you got some I knowledge. Don't... I don't beat them by accident. I don't know about that, man. Wrong button. (laughs) We also got Pokemon double dipping in 2022 with another big mainline game and more in this week's episode. So uh, definitely stay tuned for what we have in store for you. If you like what you hear, give our podcast a sub. We upload new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. And you could also follow us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast or Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod to stay connected with your boys. So, Pablo, why don't we go ahead and get right into the business? And let's start with loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, so we want to go ahead and sort of preface our loadout segment by saying we're going to save our Elden Ring conversation for the main event. That's going to be our checkpoint chat because uh, we got a lot of thoughts about that game. It's been the talk of the industry, and uh, we, we want to give that plenty of time to kind of give you a good breakdown from um, a, a novice perspective and an expert perspective. Uh, so we want to save that for later. So we're going to be real quick with our actual loadouts for this week's show, uh, and I, we're going to circle back to the two games that I've been playing, uh, and that is Horizon Forbidden West and Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, Pablo, I finished Horizon. I got done with it. Um, you know, we were pretty um, positive about that game when uh, we first played it and, and, and dropped our last podcast uh, to talk about our early impressions. Um, I think we'll save a lot of our, our, our big deep dive for our like review episode uh, that we'll do yeah. down the line, but... Um, Boy, did this game take some turns. Uh, <laughs> yo, this game's story is wild. Um, it, 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 is, it is sci-fi McGee um, in, some, yeah. in some ways I was not expecting. And I, I liked the sci-fi parts about Horizon more than I liked the tribal um, you know, nonsense that, that, they, that they do. But uh, they overcommitted <laughs> a little bit. It, it's it's yeah. crazy. I don't know how far you are right now, but... Oof. Yeah, I, I'm... I, I got I, I got pretty much um I got to the part where it starts to get really sci fi with like the Z- zenith people oh, and yeah. uh and all that stuff oh, and I, I was like You've seen nothing like, yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what you told me. I was like, really? Cause this oh. shit this shit comes across as uh remember Superman two? Uh when those um when those people came from uh his planet that were stuck uh how do you call those things? I mean, I'm blanking You're out asking here. the wrong dude. Uh, basically, it's these uh, three uh, three kind of generals from mm-hmm. like I think one was Zod, and they're like that, and they're all dressed in, like in funny looking armament. Yeah. That's how it kind of looked like when those people showed up in that one base. I know it's a uh, bunch out of forty year olds in skin tight. <laughs> skin yeah, tight I was like, a little bit. What am I? 
I what am I looking here? Yeah, like, uh, looking at here, it looks crazy. It's, it's nuts. I mean, they they do some things with Aloy's character. Uh, they do some. What they do at the end is just baffling. I I, I truly don't know how to feel about that game at this point. Um, but I, I want to stay spoiler free because I know people are still playing through that game right now. But uh, boy, did it get weird. Um, so I, I gotta I gotta I gotta marinate on, marinate on that game a little bit um, before we talk about it in our review episode. But uh, let me ask you a question on that. Yeah. Just real quick to get through. The, yeah. Is it better than the first game? You think? Do you think? Uh, just pound for pound or just narrative? Just pound for pound. Um, I don't know, actually. Yeah. I actually don't know. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it, it's surprising how similar they both are, but just how one game kind of actually excels over the other in some ways. But it, it's, it's, it's bizarre. I think the gameplay I actually liked a little bit more in the first game, uh, because I think the enemies in, 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 Forbidden West are almost too aggressive to the point where the bow and arrow and dodge rolling is, is almost not effective at all. And I had to tone down the difficulty to, to survive. And, and it was just the wrong kind of challenge for me. There was just way too many different types of, of animals and ganging up on you. And I just didn't feel formidable against uh, those enemies enough like I did in the first game. So it, it, there's just weird little trade-offs like that that, I, that I've noticed. But um, yeah, interesting game. Uh, but but um, I, I got to think about that one a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I like playing it, so I, I'm probably gonna get back to it after uh, after Elden Ring. I want you to um, beat it. I like the I like the I like the I liked playing it. I like the the moment to moment gameplay. I, I personally I kind of disagree for right now. I kind of well I did I, I am playing on easy. I don't care. Oh, okay, uh, and yeah, yeah. It, it, it's super fun uh, in that way. So it, yeah, it's got better I'll, I'll moments it. for sure. Um, I, I do want you to beat it because I want you to experience that story I will. Uh, yeah. and, and let me like know how, how, how you yeah. feel. But uh, also uh, wrapped up Cyberpunk 2077 after a, such a long wait to get the next-gen version. I, I, I could not put that game down. Um, finished it. Um, man, that's a great story. That Total opposite. Yeah. There's nothing to think about, nothing to debate. That's just a great story, man. Johnny Silverhand is, is, is the GOAT. Um, I, Love. I loved how a lot of that wrapped up with just kind of who you can roll with to do the last mission of that game, um, you know, and, and just kind of how that impacts the ending, some of the choices you get to make. Um, I, I do wish there were more main quests in that game, but the good thing about that game is that the side quests are almost just as good as the main quests are, uh, in some cases even better. So um, I think overall it was just a strong game from top to bottom, and there weren't a lot of weak spots that I could think of um, at all. I think once, again, once the dust settles on Cyberpunk, people get over what the game was supposed to be and they play it for what it is. I think this game is top of the line. So yeah, I, I'm, I I'm, I'm a happy camper. Um, that's all I'm going to really say about that. I think, Pablo, we're, we're just going to save your loadout stuff for the Elden Ring conversation anyway. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into the next segment, which is Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right. Now, uh, this is unexpected. Uh, our, our first news item of uh, hit points is uh, some Pokemon news that uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't see this coming, at least this soon. No. Um, if we, if we would have done predictions, we none of us would have predicted the ninth generation of Pokemon game. The next mainline game is coming out <laughs> this, this year. year. Yeah, so that's the story, though, uh, ladies and gents. Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, the newest chapters in the Pokemon series, will be coming to Switch later this year. This new entry will be a full 
open world where various towns with no borders blend seamlessly into the wilderness, Pokemon Company states. They also note that Pokemon... No borders? No borders. Oh, man. No territories. triggers no... in the right. <laughs> <laughs> don't, do, don't do that. Uh, all right. So also, uh, Pokemon can be seen everywhere in this wide open world. They stated in the skies, in the sea, and on the streets. <laughs> Jaywalking. <laughs> um, <laughs> panhandling. <laughs> Uh, how do we feel, Pablo, about getting another major Pokemon title so soon after Arceus? And are we excited? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I after after Arceus uh, and the way this looked, it, it, it looks just like Arceus in, in a lot of ways. Art style and also the promise of open world, you know, uh, everything that we saw in Arceus. Though that more resembles more like a Monster Hunter. The way that they talked about this game is actually a little bit more uh, open world, you know, when they're saying things like Towns Without Borders and things that, you know, line up with the wilderness. So I'm guessing there probably is going to be two sides of it, like the wilderness section, probably uh, town to town, kind of traveling that way. I'm super excited for, for, like, the concept of this game and the promise of the game. But I am a little confused as to why... Why are they pumping out these Pokemon games at such high velocity? Obviously, oh, I, know, I why. know that they. I know why. Well, we'll get to it. I, I, okay, that's good that, that you have a theory because I know that they're they're obviously they make a lot of money, but it's almost like you know I feel like Arceus can make more money the more time you know that it's out. I guess I don't know. It just feels like they're they're cutting off certain games out, uh, uh, cutting their legs underneath them because it's the new game that's out. I I. I, I'm, I'm kind of um, I'm, I'm waiting to see what you guys say about that because I'm like oh, this could have been a oh, game that come out next simple. year or something. it's a simple one um, it's because we ain't getting no Zelda sequel this year I don't think it's happening oh you think so I think I, I, uh, I think I think the end of this year is starting to look a little weird for Zelda to fit into the mix if you if you really start thinking about mm. it there's a lot of stuff well, coming out now for Switch my, it's, my it's only thing with that is that Game Freak and Nintendo are partners but, you know, Game Freak does have a say as to when they want their games to come out or, or when they don't want their games to come out to a certain extent. So that would be kind of a weird uh, thing to be like, hey, uh, can, it, it would just it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to that be the case. Now, I'm not surprised if there's no uh, Breath of the Wild this, this year. But remember, I mean, this also was the same company in Nintendo that released Odyssey and Breath of the Wild months apart like just a couple of months apart so it's not exactly un- unforeseen or it's not like unheard of to re- for them to release big titles specifically since those games do tend to kind of um have different audiences to a certain extent so there's you know zelda and mario games are pretty much always going to sell a lot regardless if there is a pokemon game out so yeah. i don't know it's tough i mean i don't know for sure obviously it's just me putting on a tinfoil hat but i feel like there's got to be you could be right you there's got to be, be right. some reason i mean because you know you're not giving arceus time to breathe you put out pokemon um Nice looking diamond, cool looking pearl, whatever it's called. Before that, brilliant and shining. There you go, brilliant, brilliant, shining. You know, so it, it. I mean, on top of the fact that it's weird timing, it's also like, man, y'all are gonna burn people out on Pokemon at this rate. Like, this is a lot of Pokemon. So yeah. you know, it just. I'm I'm kind of confused at at kind of why it's ramping up if it's not to kind of compensate for 
um, a Zelda type of game coming out. This, this is a lot. I mean, well, Call of Duty doesn't even do this this quick. It's ten months, bro. But I, I do think I do think that with the sales of Arceus, I almost think that it doesn't matter when those games release. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be completely shocked if this game actually comes out uh, in December. Like a December release, like a oh, I don't think it's like coming early out. Any, December. Yeah, I, yeah, November, December, I think for sure. Yeah, so even then, you can get a, a September, October Zelda release, and still have plenty of time in that way. But yeah, um, it, whatever show, what sales shows up for Arceus is it doesn't matter when these games come out, they're gonna sell. Oh yeah, people are gonna buy these. It's, it's so much people bought this game. So I don't know. They, they got to be super confident. I wonder if Legends was a proof of concept. Uh, to, I mean, it had to be to a certain extent, but I, this game is so closely resembling what um, what the new one, Scarlet, is going to be that it's just kind of like it's it's a weird approach. Yeah, you know, if this game was much more resembling the old school kind of uh, kind of Pokemon games, well, like a Sword and Shield, it, I would be like, all right. I think that's probably what they're going to go for though, because it seems like the whole trainer gyms are back. It's it's become the Pokemon, no no, but I mean like know? the way you play, like without the open world stuff. Oh yeah uh, yeah yeah maybe. yeah. It, I, I do hope that they, they do kind of revert back to old school Pokemon in some ways, though. Like, in particular, one of the criticisms I had, and I know we keep, like, teasing this review episode we're going to do, but I w- we'll talk about it more in depth then. But um, one of my biggest critiques about uh, Arceus is the battling is, is almost too fast. Like, they intentionally wanted the battles to not drag out as long, but what it's turned yeah. into is like a one-hit kill fest. Right. And so it doesn't matter how high you level up your Pokemon, what moves you give them. It's just one move versus one move. And then that's that. I want more of the back and forth battle where you have to kind of think a couple of moves ahead and blah, blah, blah. And I'm really hoping that now that it's going back to like the gyms and the trainers that I do miss that, that they're going to make it more like more turn, like literally more turn based, like just, you know, more turns in the turn based battle. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we'll see. What I never understood when, when, when they talked about, uh, when they talked about Arceus was like, well, we don't want, we didn't want the, um, we didn't want the gyms or anything like that. They said it was a, Based on the where was uh, where was when the game took place, but yeah. I don't care about any of that. I don't understand why they couldn't do both. Like have the open world, have the op- uh, the Pokedex thing, and then also have the gyms. And now it's probably because they didn't have time to implement that stuff. And now that makes more sense with this game coming out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So I would, I still want the Pokedex stuff. Like get these many Pokemon, evolve, like everything we saw in our yeah. case. I want that because I love that. Uh, but. Also add like gyms and stuff. That'd be really dope. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I'm really excited though. Massive hey, game. I, I'm 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 down to, to definitely play it. Um, I got my fill of Arceus. I'm done with the game. Um, it, it was a great time, but um, uh, something kind of back in the more modern era uh, that commits more to open world in full. I'm I'm totally game to see that out now that I've yeah. seen what they can do with uh, Arceus. It's almost like an appetizer game now. Uh, to your point. Uh, but yeah, we'll yeah. we'll keep uh, we'll keep tabs on that. We uh, not, uh, we'll we'll obviously need to wait for a little bit more information before we give our like open critic prediction for that. Because um, we, all we got is a little teaser trailer now, so we'll 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 hold on that. But we'll definitely give you our prediction uh, when the time comes. We're yeah, once they once they show more of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And also, there's a. Do you know anything about the Pokemon update for Ar- Ar- Arceus? I do not. Yeah, it, it's something that went live today. Sorry, guys, we didn't really yeah, we, look at that stuff. 
Yeah, this was kind of a last minute ad because we weren't expecting this to happen. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll stay tuned for that. It's gonna be a big year for Nintendo, bro. That's for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. So let's go ahead and move on to some Sony news with item number two in our hit points. Industry insider Jeff Grubb has shed new light on Sony's Project Spartacus, the all-but-confirmed new subscription model that should be replacing PS Plus and PS Now. Grubb reported that Sony will call its three subscription tiers PS Plus Essential, Extra, and Premium, which will be $10, $13, and $16 a month, respectively. Essential will be the basic PS Plus functionality as we all know now. Extra will add in a downloadable catalog of roughly 300 games, and Premium will add some sort of major support for classic games, although no specific details were provided uh, by our boy Grub. So, Pablo, with this uh, in mind, um, circling back to Spartacus now, where do we stand on Spartacus now that we've heard this update? And what does this kind of tell us about Sony's position um, against Game Pass? They don't have one. Um, they don't have. They, that's not something they're interested in doing. Um, and but here's the thing, though, it's a refinement of the thing that they currently have. Ostensibly, what they're doing here is they're cutting the price down to PS now, and then also adding the PS Plus features because that sixteen dollar uh, a month thing, you know, is cheaper uh, than those two things combined as it stands right now. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, it, it, and I hate to do it, but it is what it is. When you look at the fourteen ninety nine and the sixteen dollar different, and sixteen dollars for PS Now as opposed to Game Pass, I mean, the stuff you're getting on on you know on Game Pass is still it's 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 a huge difference from what PS Now is 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 trying to offer. But you know, at the same time, I think we have to be mindful as to they may have something that's similar, but they don't have that kind of uh, mindset. They're not trying to do the same thing Xbox is doing. We we took that stance with Xbox. We're like, Xbox is not doing what Sony's doing, and they're carving their own way. And so I think we have to be fair. At least I want to be fair and say Sony's doing their own thing. Whether or not that's going to work or not, I think we have to give them the benefit of that to see you know, if, if they're willing to add more games. I know they're already adding uh, Shadow Warrior 3, which is a game that's coming out on March 1st. Uh, that's one of the first, if not the first, third-party exclu- third-party game that's coming out on that platform. Uh, that's a pretty cool deal. Um, you know, I- I'm not exactly sure what their plan is with those kind of things. No mention about first-party games being available day one. Right. I doubt that'll be a thing. Yeah. Um, but as it stands as, as stand today, um, just based on this report, it looks like they're refining the tools that they have without really trying to compete with Xbox because they can't or because... Because they don't want to. So regardless of how that stands, I, I'm kind of in, in a position where I'm going to wait and see with what exactly this is, turns out to be. Uh, but ultimately, uh, to answer the question, I don't think they have a position against Game Pass. I mean, Game Pass, it's a thing onto its own. It, it's, it's always going to be um, the best deal in gaming. It's always going to be one of the best features of this generation of game and last generation of gaming. If Sony wants to step up to the plate to do that, everybody wins. But as it stands right now, they don't really have a position when it comes to that. Yeah, um, I, I think um, I think this is why it was important when the Spartacus stuff first came around to just kind of reserve judgment and let this let this just kind of play out naturally because that was all in pencil, not pen. So we're starting to see something that that resembles something way more realistic, um, all the way down to the price. Now I will say I'm kind of neutral about it myself. Um, 
I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm just kind of somewhere in right. the middle. I think the big draw for somebody like me as as a big retro guy is going to see is going to be seeing how they support the classic games because that's one thing that Microsoft can't touch. You know, if 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 Sony really wants to commit to PS1 games and uh, you know go way back, well, mostly like that, P- PS2 most games. Well, really. yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know. PS2 in that era was competing with the original Xbox, so there's a little bit yeah. of parity there. But if you can go back to PS1 and you can make those, not just like stream them in some lousy quality with terrible input lag, but like let people download old school, like, you know, I don't yeah. know, uh, Siphon Filter, Medieval, all that. That's sure. that's a cool little bonus for and I would I would pay an extra three bucks for that. The sixteen dollar yeah. though, I don't I don't know how to feel about that. That's too vague for me. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I pay the $16, like, every once in a while. Like, if there's a third-party game, like the Shadow Warrior 3, I, that looks like a pretty fun game. Oh, you know, I'm, that, I'm sorry, hold on, I got it backwards. The premium is the one that has classic games, I believe, not the not the middle one. I'm sorry, I messed that up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, what, I, yeah, what I said, what I, I, you, what I, said I was confused dollars, about yeah. was the 300 games. Like, I don't know what that's about. So, that's basically PS Now. So PS Now has downloadable games, are PlayStation 4 games, and some PlayStation 3 games that you can download. So basically taking that PS Now catalog and adding that into the middle oh. version. So the the $16 version has that plus, plus the classic something. Games. Yeah, plus the classic Ooh. games. Here's the thing, though. I, I don't think that it's going to support as go as back uh, as far as PS1 for one reason. A lot of leaks on this thing is always coming out. That's the one thing that they never talk about. That's the one thing that's never been leaked about them going that far back. I think that would be great. Um, I'm not. I don't really have an affinity too much for PS1 games, more PS2 games. So that's not really a, a, a thing for me. However, what it is, what, the thing that does attract me to this is the fact that I have Game Pass and I'll have PS Now. And so if a third-party game releases like Shadow Warrior Three or something that maybe it's not coming out on Game Pass, then at that point I can just flip. You go back and forth between both com- both consoles and have a brand new game that I'm not only paying a small uh, amount of money for. So that's a, I think ultimately what we're looking at here is if you're a owner of both these consoles, you know you know where to go for a Game Pass esque uh, service, which just would be on Xbox, obviously. And then whatever pl- uh, PlayStation is doing, it's a plus, you know. Uh, and that's you know not a pun. <laughs> <laughs> I just I be like that sometimes. It accident. <laughs> why did you why why you not talk like that? Okay. So so yeah, I mean That's my real that's my real talking ways. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, help help me. Uh all right, so here's the thing. I I think going back to the game pass thing again, I think that this has the potential to be cool for people, but I think it has to have PlayStation One support. I think it. I think that's a I agree. must. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I think it, th- it should. Yeah, I think that's a that's a must do. But I think this is not gonna probably go over the best um, compared to Game Pass at all. People have people have these crazy expectations, and that's the issue that we're running into constantly for everything: film, games. Yeah. If people create this movie, game piece of entertainment in their head based on things that they've seen based on reddit based on a recent era these these huge theories that they're kind of they compile and make this epic thing that it's about to happen and when they watch it none of it happens or a small part of it happens and automatically the thing that they made up in their own heads 
it it's not good anymore because you know it didn't it didn't it didn't meet those expectations. Yeah, it's crazy, and, and it doesn't matter. Even Game Pass now, I, I, you go on Game Pass, Xbox releases all the Game Pass games that are coming, free games, games that people don't own or or, or, or games that people can play for the first time. You go on the comments, it's like, oh, is this what they're offering? Trash. Yeah, I'm like, dude, there's like a hundred <laughs> other games. You know on what? Here. You're right about that because I also noticed that people. Like falsely predict a certain game is going to come out day one on Game Pass, and then when it doesn't yeah. happen, they get mad at Game Pass because it didn't have it. Like people wanted Elden yeah. Ring to get like uh, to be Game Pass, right? Yeah, which was probably never going to happen. And no. and they'll get mad because they have to buy the game at normal price and, and get like, oh, Game Pass is dropping the ball. Like, nah, man. Like, and that's a weird, that's a super weird kind of like backlash on Game Pass where it's like. They're making you be paying for this game. Xbox is trash. It's yeah. like, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm canceling game. Pa- like, all right, man. Like, you know, you're just kind of going whichever way the wind blows at this point. Like, every game, like. You just want free shit. You just, yeah. You get free shit and then you keep wanting free shit. Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's the toxic side, of course, of, of the community. But it's just annoying. And I think that. That PlayStation, albeit in some different ways, are probably going to you know catch some stray bullets or not even strays really, because this is going to appear to a lot of people as mainly just a reshuffling of the deck, right? It's the same stuff, just kind of rebranded and and tiered in a different way. Um, so I think yeah. I think the only thing Sony's going to have to is going to have to ensure is that there's something or some things that are genuinely new about this service. If it's just hey, instead of PlayStation now, we're just going to make it a part of this tier and enjoy like one thing I don't think it's gonna work that they have that Xbox does it a game pass doesn't have and it, it, it's redundant for Xbox to have it because all their first party games are there day one but they rumors are saying that they do have a uh, a trial uh yeah some kind of game for trial all thing new weird. games yeah. yeah they'll have like all their first party games will have some kind of game trials so you try for you to try it out and then um you know if you want to purchase it it's not a thing that Game Pass needs, obviously, for the first-party games. Yeah. But that's a little different, where it's like, okay, maybe you can try it out. I mean, I couldn't tell you the amount of games that I've wanted to try out, and I end up buying, and as I play the first hour, and I'm like, ah. Yeah, there's a lot of games hell? like Returnal out there, you know? Um, oh, man, I would that would I would love to try out that game so I can bro, not play that game. I want that $70 back today. Uh, but yeah, we'll keep tabs on this. Um, I, again, this is still subject to change. Um, you know, a lot of times industry insiders get kind of get used to sort of disseminate this information to see what the temperature of the room is in the community and then they'll might they might make changes accordingly so i i still would expect a little bit of a differentiation i think i, I almost want to say with price more than anything um about how this is all going to structure out officially um but we'll we'll keep tabs and we'll, we'll report back on it when it's officially announced and and, and do what we normally do and uh, break it down for all of you out there. So, uh, moving on to the third and final hit point topic, our boy Jeff Grubb did it again. Uh, more reporting this time. Jeff Grubb did it again. He's uh, he's talking Fallout this time. Uh, in particular, he has reported that Fallout New Vegas Two is now in early talks at Microsoft, with the possibility, Pablo, of Obsidian Entertainment developing the sequel to their original 2010 game which many consider to be the best in the series history, myself included. 
even though we are likely Pablo seven uh, seven years <laughs> several years away, uh, probably, probably seven, see, years? Uh, seven is actually sounding kind of realistic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, how do you feel, uh, bro, about this rumor? And and does this excite us about Fallout's future again? Okay, so yes, um, I'm actually a little bit more excited for uh, the possibility of a remake that they talked about as well. Um, not that I'm not excited for Vegas too. But it is an unknown quantity, and really, Obsidian is making, um, you know, two RP- two giant RPGs right now. So we'll see when this happens. But I, I am excited about it. I think it's funny because I remember uh, uh, Bethesda kind of having, kind of being a little salty about Obsidian's success with with New Vegas. Uh, I feel like so they were both I, a little salty towards each other, like in, in a in a yeah, weird way. Yeah, yeah. So. There was like a weird history thing where like um, I think a publisher or something wanted them to make it and they had those rights and they made it and, and it came out and it was really good and then they're pretty – Bethesda was kind of salty and then they took it back. They took Fallout back because they didn't want to make Fallout. That's what it was. They didn't want to make Fallout and then once they made this really shiny new toy, they're like, that's mine. And they took it back and so <laughs> there was like a lot of weird stuff like that. But anyway, now that they're all under the same umbrella, yeah, man, New Vegas is, is a great – uh, Fallout game, not my favorite, um, just because I bad you know, taste. I you know. lean, <laughs> I lean more to three as probably uh my my favorite one, uh. But man, that's that'd be fantastic. I mean, who else is making Fallout? It's kind of the same thing. Nobody's making Fallout. I mean, you know, but this is out here. Well, and uh, then you got Starfield. Seventy six has been kind of you know out there for quite a few years now, and now it's like, all right, are we ever gonna get like a true Fallout again, or are we gonna be yeah. stuck with this for a whole another generation while you keep trying to build this yeah. up for us? Like, so I'm I'd I'm glad I'm glad it. that the rumor exists just alone that they're thinking about making yeah. a single player Fallout again. You know. My my only thing with that is, they there would probably have to be some major changes to Fallout because Fallout Four was kind of diminishing returns. Where I, I thought it was very good, excellent, even uh, a lot like Three. Uh, so I wonder what New Vegas Two is going to do to keep that formula going, but make it new again because it, it does it does at that point Four still uh, felt pretty dated even when it came out in terms of like how uh every all the quests were built out and everything so with a lot of competition right now a lot of rpgs out there that 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 sense that have you know done it better just because they had the, the time to do that uh i wonder what they'll do i mean and obsidian's great at what they do and, yeah. and if you look at um uh what's that the game they made outer uh, worlds outer worlds you know i didn't they like did a really outer good worlds job. though I-, I liked it but, but i liked it but the thing is is that you 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 saw that budget you saw they had a small little budget there when they were making it, and they cut out like two massive planets that were like supposed to be as big as the main planet that you went on. So, I'm excited for two part two of that game to see exactly what that turned out to be. But yeah, I, regardless, this looks like it's gonna be it's gonna be good. New Vegas is yeah. is, is, is very good. Yeah. Now before we move on, I got one more little thing. I, I think just looking beyond the Fallout story, I think what this also shows is that. Uh, Microsoft rightfully um, is is interested in having studios they've acquired by other means work on other franchises. You know what I mean? Like they already had Obsidian, they got in Bethesda. Now they want those two to merge. Could they be doing I similar really... things like this in the future when they bring in Activision? Have well, you know have a Bethesda studio making a, a typical Activision game like that kind of cross? You know? I would love to see that. My only thing is with this one is like this. 
they've done this before. Obsidian's done this before, so it's not like out of left field. But man, I'd love to see like uh, you know uh, the 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 Halo team work on a Doom game, or the the the, the Doom team yeah. machine games work on a uh, or Doom uh, work on a uh, on a Halo game or something. That'd be dope. Or a Gears game or right. some kind of collaboration. Yeah, I, I think that'd be great. Uh, but as it stands right now, uh, this is not like completely out of like left field, but it's pretty cool that we're seeing two uh, different companies making game that's owned by another. So if you haven't played fallout new Vegas and you can tolerate some ugly graphics and you got nothing else to play, you need to play that I'm telling y'all. It's really oh yeah. Good. Graphics are graphics don't even matter at that point. Cause the game is so good. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's going to go ahead and do it for our hit points. It's time to get to the main event of the show. And that's the checkpoint chat. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right, now we're here. It's time to talk Elden Ring. Now, look, um, we know there's been a lot of people talking about Elden Ring, so we're gonna try to give you our own kind of twist on it. Talk about our backgrounds with it. Give you some unique perspectives. We know a lot of y'all aren't Souls people. Um, I, I myself have not been. Y'all one got no Souls. You know, you ain't got no soul. Um, <laughs> so we're going to. Um, try to present two different flavors here you know uh one perspective of being someone on mostly on the outside looking in uh that being me and it's someone who's got a lot of um experience and familiarity with souls uh and pablo and we're going to kind of join forces to to break this game down and talk about whether this lives up to this masterpiece kind of hype that we uh that we heard about um through all those crazy positive reviews so we'll, we're going to dig into all that but why don't we start, Pablo, with a little bit of a trip down memory lane and uh, talk about you know our, our personal history with From Software uh, titles. Um, so why don't you go ahead and jump off first when, and, and tell me kind of how you got into Souls games and, and sort of where you stand on them and, and, and everything in between. Yeah, I mean, it's like um, I'm trying to remember here when Demon Souls came out. But anyway, um, I went... Into a GameStop, and I saw Demon Souls there, uh, and I purchased it, PS3, right? I purchased it, uh, got home, I played five minutes of it, and I got back in my car, and I returned it immediately. You got back in the car. <laughs> I returned Demon Souls, man. I've never you had in seven my days. Whole, <laughs> I never ta- in my whole life have I ever bought a game and returned it back then when I bought games like that, and, and on physical, and returned it so quick. I Literally, I got home, put it in, played the opening. I was like, "Oh, okay." I put, put it away. I mean, I didn't get it. I mean, I I did I, I didn't even I didn't even I couldn't even begin to comprehend what exactly this game was trying to do, and it just completely took uh, uh, took me off guard. So I returned it, uh, and I kept thinking about it. Like, oh, man, that's a weird fucking game. And I read things about it after, and I was like, "Okay, okay, whatever." Then Dark Souls comes out, and then you read, oh, this is like a spiritual successor, a sister series to uh, Demon Souls. Uh, and so I played the first Dark Souls, and I got about halfway through that I, w- I fell into this cavern, and it, it, it w- didn't play again. Uh, it just wasn't my thing. Dark Souls co- 2 comes out. I didn't like it too much. So, so far, my history with with, with Dark Souls games is not good. Striking out. Not yeah. very good. This Dark Souls 3 comes out, uh, Dark Souls 3s comes out, <laughs> and uh, it pretty much completely uh, sh- changed uh, the way I felt about uh, games and difficulty in games and how a game can be 
this obtuse and yet still be like one of the best experiences I had. Like it's it's number ten in my top ten games of all time. Dark Souls three is, and so playing through that it really just kind of completely changed just how I think about the game. So much so when I finished that game, I restarted it again as a different class, and I've never done this before or since. Is I played through it again. I played it through it two times mm. back to back. And I was like, because I played a whole different class system the second time, understanding the game more. And then I went back and I played Dark Souls 1. I played Dark Souls 2. And then uh, Dark Souls 1 uh, Remaster came back, played that again. Uh, and then Demon Souls came out a couple of years later, a couple of years ago, a matter of two years ago. The remake played that. Incredible, which I've never played Demon Souls after that first time that I returned it. And it just continued. Like, first of all, I have like a, I guess I have a, uh, a cur- I guess I'm pretty good at them. Like I, I once I understand them, like I, I could really like get my uh, wrap my brain around it. Also, um, I, I have very much a, I guess undiagnosed ADHD. I would say, <laughs> where I, <laughs> yeah. I when when uh, when I'm watching a movie or I'm playing a game and it, I could get distracted easily. When I'm playing Demon Souls, there's none of that. There's no distraction. It's almost like my Ritalin, where <laughs> I'm oh, just wow. sitting there and I have to be so concentrated. <laughs> In, in, in what I'm doing because any misstep at any time, uh-huh. no matter how good I think I am at the game, could result in my death and losing souls or runes like in, in, in this game. And so in terms of that, like I, it, it, it complete, when I play, I play every game that I, you know, uh, that I possibly can, but every time I play a demon, Souls games, it's a whole different experience. It's a whole different vibe. I'm in a, I'm in a whole different bag when I'm in that, and it just, it, it I play games different when I play the Souls you. games, and and it's, it's, it. I'm very meticulous. I have notebooks. I, I write things down, and I can, I can legitimately sit here and play the game for hours. And though I, I say to myself, there's not a game that I can, many games I can't play for long periods of time. I take breaks here and there. This game I could just sit here and play hours and hours. And, and do a lot of nothing, just kind of like testing things. Like, this is one of the games that I'll pick a class and I'll play three to four hours of one class and be like, all right, switching up, starting over. Like, who does that? Like, restarting three or four hours up, restarting. And I did that a lot in, in, in Elden until I kind of got my uh, my legs uh, underneath me in terms of how to play it. But yeah, that's kind of my history with it. There, there are games that uh, I, I play different um, and as time goes on, they keep climbing my top 10 lists or, or my favorite games of all time. Um, even before Elden Ring came out, I played a little more Dark Souls 3 and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm getting addicted again. So I had to kind of uh, chill on that a little bit. But yeah, I, I uh, that's kind of my history with those games. All right. So here's, here's the thing, y'all. <laughs> if you're like me and you've not been a Souls guy or girl... Um, and you listen to what Pablo just talked about, all you want to say is, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Yuck. No, I get it. Gross. <laughs> like, it's it's one of those franchises, or, you know, it's one of those genres now, really, where I have hit my head against the wall so many times trying to figure out what the catnip is, what the secret sauce is, that gets everybody to talk like Pablo talks. And for the life of me, from Demon Souls through uh, the, the most recent game, Sekiro, I have tried them all, and I have failed them all. Um, I am the guy that was terrified of getting anywhere past the first level. Um, 
I just stuck around there, tried to farm myself to level up a little bit more, you know, but I would always die. And I think the frustration of not just dying, but starting over, not from a convenient little checkpoint, but from the beginning of the stage. So you got to run through the same eight, you know, I don't know, dark nights or or red nights or whatever, and, and 14 dragons and three gremlins just to get to that same boss fight that wipes you out in two seconds. Like that was me. You know, and and that's a lot of other people, too. So the frustration of starting over and starting over and 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 being a win loss minded guy like I am where, you know, if I get, you know, folded up by a boss 50 times and I get one, I I beat him once. I'm I'm one in 51. You know, I, I can't enjoy that. So to me. There was never that moment of excitement or elation when I finally conquered a boss. It was almost like. Okay, now I can stop being frustrated, but this is also kind of not why I'm playing video games to just, you know, continue to challenge myself. Now, I think I will say I I think Souls games have gotten a rap for being probably more difficult than they really are. Um definitely. I think that they just kind of demand more almost to what Pablo said, they demand more of your attention and they demand more of a willingness to learn. Um, and, and we'll get into more about how that kind of fits yeah. into the Elden Ring aspect of things in a second, but you can't just, you can't just walk in there and, and, and like and tap R1 it's not, or yeah, there's it's no, not, there's no win yeah. button. Right. Um, yeah. and, and I think that just historically for me, when I have a choice between doing what I just said right there versus playing, I don't know, any other game. That isn't going to make me kind of go through those those trials and tribulations. I'm going to take the path of least resistance because I play games less for challenge, more for, you know, entertainment or leisure. Right. And I'm not saying that Pablo doesn't. I'm just saying that these types of challenges, these types of, of, of high skill games are just not my, my first choice. Right. Um, but so it always gets it always gets me. deprioritized for me if I had to choose. Yeah. But the funny thing with me is I'm not that I'm not like that at all. I'm playing uh, uh, Horizon for you're playing for West on you're easy. playing 43 games right now. <laughs> no, but I'm saying no. I'm not I, since since Elden I'm not playing anything but that. But I'm like I I don't like difficult games. I I I, I ha- if there's an easy mode like I I, I like I'll play Dying Light two and easy. I'm playing you know uh, I played Forbidden West on on, on easy. I I don't like difficult yeah. games. But I, I don't see Elden I don't see Elden or, or Dark Souls games as difficult games really they're just games that are like you said they're 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 very unapologetically uh want your attention and they're relentless but it could it could be hard if you're coming from the way you play games and then having to completely concentrate on one thing so yeah i mean i totally get the people who don't like it believe me i get it yeah and i I think the last part about my my personal from software history is is the souls community and I want to put a pin in this to circle back to it when we talk more Elden Ring stuff. But I think the community has been kind of a turnoff um, for this game or these games, yeah, rather, um, because on one hand, you'll find that those really helpful corners of the community that will try to give you tips. And there's a lot of wikis and stuff like that you can go find. And, you know, generally speaking, if you were to go on a Reddit thread or, you know, a message board thread and say, hey, I'm I, I, I'm hitting my head against the wall here, somebody will definitely try to help you. But at the same time, there are a lot of 
uh, and Pablo mentioned this, I think it's a great point. There's a lot of flex YouTube channels out there that just kind of teach you how to play like they play and recommend stuff based on what they're good at and not necessarily what you're good at. You have uh, yeah. people trying to tell you what's best for beginners that isn't actually best for beginners. Again, put a pin in all this for later. Um, and so to me, you can get spun around in circles really easily by the community yeah. and end up more confused than you were when you were trying to figure it out on your own. So I think that's always been a major turnoff for me that I didn't realize until I came into Elden Ring. But um, so in, in closing, I'll just say it's been hard to, to really like and I, I tweeted this, you know, there's people that can teach you how to play these games, but no one can teach you how to enjoy them. And I think that that has been my search in trying and buying all these games over the years is I can figure out how to get past that boss. Can I figure out how to ha how to have fun doing it? And so far, yeah. I've, I've been over everything since then. So, But what's weird about that as well is, is when you look at those people when they talk about that game, you know, one of the things that they talk about, it's the sense of discovery in terms of how they figured out how to play the game, how they figured out the things yeah. that work. So it's super weird that uh, like 50%, 60% of their enjoyment is based on figuring that out. And then they have a whole kind of YouTube channel that cuts that completely out of the equation to tell you how to get through this game on quote unquote easy yeah. mode or the easiest path. And and that's not these games don't really work well like that. I, I've 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 looked at uh, walkthroughs to games. Like, I did it with Sekiro because I was pretty uh, and it completely ruined kind of the way that I I played exactly. that game because I was trying to play it in a way that would be better and uh, or make it easier and that's just not the way that works. I mean, once you get good at the game and I hate to use that term, but once you really understand the game you'll understand what you need to do next and what works for you because you can get good at that game in different ways. It's not one right, skill set. Exactly. There are many, many ways that you can play the game, many, many skill sets that would really work for, for to, to be successful in the game. There's not one way to play this game. So yeah. it's super weird that a lot of them are trying to make it, trying to pair that and make it really narrow. This class, this sword, this 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 shield, this way of playing, this path. It's weird because it's not what the game wants at all. You know, it's not what the game wants you to do. So yeah, it it, it can make it it can make it less fun. So we take these backstories that we have, right, and we we mm -hmm. our, our respective journeys get to to the here and now. We got Elden Ring gets announced, goes dark for a while, comes back out of the the woodwork, shows off what it's got. People are hyped. Review embargo goes up and. Oh my God, these reviews are insanity. So the soul skeptic and the soul savant look at these reviews and go, wow, like a lot of other people did. But let's take a quick little dive into our, our gut reactions real quick. Uh, when we saw the, the Metacritic and Open Critic score for this, Pablo, what was going through your mind when you saw 96, 97? What, what were you thinking? What? Well, okay. So, I always said that this game could reach those heights if it if it um if it lands if it lands the 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 thing that they're trying to do, which is basically take everything that they've done in the past and put it into this one game and make it like the perfect amalgamation of all those games. And when I saw that, I well didn't believe it at first. I'm like, there's no way. And then reading those articles, like they did it, they, they uh, accomplished what I thought they needed to accomplish in terms of of what they were trying to accomplish. So I obviously 
Uh, once I'm, pl- I'm playing it now, I-, I agree with that. But yeah, I was super like, what the hell? Like I've, that, I, I think it has a higher rating than Zelda than, than Breath of the Wild, right? I, I haven't looked. I, I haven't looked. I think Breath of the Wild is at 94, if I'm not mistaken. So it, it, it's just uh, it's it's the greatest reviewed game of like the last few years. I'll be since probably Red the last Dead. Ten I think. years, Red yeah. Dead or something, or maybe maybe like Mario Odyssey or something like that. Yeah, Odyssey was really 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 high up there. Um, so yeah, man, it, it just it made me excited because I'm like, if they did it, this is gonna be this is this is gonna be no life for for me. Uh, so so yeah, that's what the and also. I predicted that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um, so that's what the Souls fan reacts with. The Souls skeptic sees this Metacritic and goes, <laughs> figures. Here's the media, darling. Yeah, didn't see this coming. Oh, oh, a Souls game that everyone just adores. Man, the hype was so white hot on Twitter and all these places, man. You couldn't tell anybody this game could have a flaw. You really couldn't, and 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 I knew I just I I knew it. It was gonna it was gonna show through in reviews a lot in a lot of reviews or in this case pretty much all of them where people that review the game were just going to gush because that is what happens when From Software makes another Soulsborne game. People go crazy, and so the skeptic yeah. in me was like, all right. Yeah, okay, maybe it is great. Maybe it is the culmination, like Pablo said, of everything they've done in all the other games, and it's it, it came together, they put a nice bow on it, and it turned out nice. But this nice? Like, to me, I was just low-key. I wasn't trying to be too cynical, you know, but I was like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know if this number registers for me, you know? It, is yeah. that even something that I, you know, with where I am in my fandom, or lack thereof can even can even utilize in making a decision. Like I, I knew I was going to get the games. I wanted to try it out, but it just didn't register to me like what to even make of that number because of my my it's a big number. My, yeah, and and just my feeling of like how much the industry wanted so bad to love this game that did they did they maybe put some blinders on to some of the game's flaws? And I and we'll get to some of them. Um, because I don't think I'm totally wrong about that, but did they put the blinders on a little bit to shower this game with a little bit more praise than it maybe deserved? But I said, you know what? Let me hold back. Let me reserve judgment until I get the game in my hands. And uh, that leads us to kind of where we are now, Pablo. So uh, let's start breaking it down. Let's start with uh, kind of walk walk everybody through uh, what class you picked, what level you're at, what platform you're playing on, and just uh, a quick overview of, of your basic progress so far. Yeah, I, I'm playing the Xbox uh, Series X. I, I after a lot of like dabbling and, and and hours and hours and hours of kind of experimenting with different classes, I landed with the with the Vagabond, which is for those people who are haven't played Elden Ring uh, and played Dark Souls games. It's very close to the night uh, to the night uh, class. Um, I don't like spells in in Souls games. I just never was a fan of it. I, 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 I know a little bit about them in terms of how they work in the world. And I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't going to do that. I'm going to play the games that I, the way I want to play it, regardless of how much they improve the magic part of this stuff. I was like, I'm going to play the way I want to play. Cause I know ultimately it's going to be the way that I enjoy the game. And so I did the Vagabond. Um, 
uh, build, uh, and I, I'm playing that. There's a, it's a mix of dexterity and strength. You know, I I found the uh, the katana that I, I started off with the samurai. I found that in the world, and I'm playing that. I'm sh- I'm shield. I'm sword and boarding that, and I'm there having. See, there hell. goes that soul. That soul's terminology, man. The so, sword what? and board. Oh, oh, so I'm using a sword and a shield. <laughs> uh, a sword and a shield. A sword and a shield. A hundred. A hundred. Um, I'm actually. I switched to the bronze shield. It's a hundred percent uh physical yep. you know but anyway yeah i that's that's where i'm playing i'm at level 25 and i've done no main bosses i've done nothing uh really to advance the story anyway i'm in uh i'm in the first area uh i've i've ex- i've expanded a little bit south to the weeping peninsula uh and i am i'm there and i'm playing there uh basically the two sections i got teleported to a different section and i started messing around which is clearly on the other side of the map like like everything's at war fog and there's like a little section that i kind of mm. like teleported to uh i and I'm, I'm just exploring man i'm exploring doing the mini dungeons doing the mini bosses doing the field bosses uh collecting items uh you know i, I i'm just really having one hell of a time playing this game uh but that's where i'm at man level 25 and i've done no major bosses at all i'm Got just you. playing there's 83 bosses in this game. That's including mini bosses, main bosses, and field yeah. bosses. Sign light. Um, you know, I, I've, um, I mean, it's just, it's just an amazing time. I, yeah, I'll bring this up later. Go, go ahead. We'll, on the open world stuff, we'll bring that. Oh up. yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna, we're so, gonna cover yeah. all different yeah, aspects yeah, yeah. of the game for sure. Um, I am playing as a level 25 currently uh, prisoner uh, class, which is basically it is a cross between a mage and somebody who can rock a sword and do a pretty good job. So you have a little bit of, and got a fucked up helmet. That helmet is fire. It's weird looking, but it's fire. It (laughs) reminds me of uh, tales of arise actually. Um, Oh yeah. 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 Iron mask. So um, I am. So here's where it gets a little weird. I'm playing the PlayStation four version of Elden ring on my PlayStation five. Now, a lot of y'all are like, Huh? Here's it. We'll get into the performance stuff in a, in a second on, in, in more detail. But to make a long story short for right now, the best performing version of the game on consoles is the PlayStation 4 version running on PlayStation 5 because you get a flawless 60 frames per second with no drops and you don't have any terrible grass pop in, which is super distracting for me after trying the PS5 version out. Um, not at, slightly not as crisp, but it was still running at 1800p, which is really nice. Uh, and I just said, you know what, I'll play it here. I'll wait till they hopefully optimize the PS5 version. Then I'll just transfer my save over and then start playing it there. So that's what I'm doing. Um, as far as the platform side of things, uh, in terms of, of brief progress, quick summary, um, I have been working through some, um, some of the mini bosses and I did, uh, beat the first main boss in the game, um, pretty easily, um, I have uh, I really took some time like Pablo did to test out different classes and really get a feel for things because I don't know oh this is the same class as that from Dark Souls you know I don't remember any of that too much from my my limited time playing him so I I really had to come into this um, kind of blind and, and figuring it out from from pretty much square one uh, and I had it narrowed down to like three classes and, and then I had to pick which platform I wanted to play it on so I spent a lot of time just kind of testing things out but prisoner. Um, Despite Pablo's warnings, I, I, I went with Prisoner because um, I wanted the, the range of magic 
uh, not you know just using my you know the magic wand thing and, and having to create some distance so I don't have to have these sword fights and then but if it gets up close and personal I can still hold my own and that's proven to be a really effective um, strategy for me uh, overall. So I don't know if there's any cool sword and board type of terms for this one. I've seen spell blade kind of thrown around on the internet, so maybe it's something like that. But um, I've been I've I've really been enjoying playing as this class for sure, uh, even even as a soul skeptic. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the setting of the table with where we're at uh, in terms of what we've chosen, where we're playing it, and what our early progress is so far. So Pablo, why don't we start kind of let, let, let's let's start unpacking. Let's let's kind of get to the meat and potatoes here. Um, why don't we just kind of start with the look and feel of the game, visuals, art style, kind of you know, um, coming in with a very high fantasy setting. Obviously, the world was sort of helped you know built by George R. R. Martin, so um, his fingerprints are are here in some capacity, I guess. We'll talk about that I more later. Yeah. We'll talk about it more later for sure. Uh, you know, a very almost dreamlike aesthetic. The you know the the glowing trees, the yellow tint, very Deus Exy, yeah. uh, Deus Exy uh, vibe uh, to that. Yeah. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling about just kind of you know this world and, and, and just the eye candy of it all? Yeah, I, I think that the world itself, uh, it, it for me, it feels more in line with Dark Souls. Uh, you know, uh, but it does feel like this, this. It feels like this world can exist. In the Miyazaki world, the worlds that he's he's built mm. throughout all his Dark Souls games, if this game would have been called Dark Dark Souls Four, I would have been okay with that. Would have you know it, it, it makes sense in that aesthetic of, of everything. But um, I, I I like it. I think it's it's it, it has a lot of different uh, it has a lot of different kind of like visual. Um, this little visual things that I really like. Uh, just the the way that the world is ruined, but also they're really beautiful spots that you can really see like where that, yeah. especially with the with that trees at it and just like you go down into the catacombs into the just nasty dilapidated it, 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 it world it, i like how vertical it, it kind of can be sometimes like you know mm, there, there's yeah. mountaintops and there's like it, there's like that top and there's like the you go to the top of this of, of this cliff and it's like raining thundering there's giants there roaming and then at the bottom is like this ruin and under that there's like a, a, a catacomb or a uh tunnel you can go under um i, I think that you know i think ultimately it feels very much like a cross-gen game um visually i don't think that especially coming out of horizon forbidden west that i don't think that this game is going to blow people's minds uh in terms of how it looks however i will say that there's a lot of different things happening in this world um and there's a lot of visually like amazing things i was gonna that, say that, that, that too yeah 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 that really take you by surprise it feels it's a dead world but it feels lived in or at least once lived in mm-hmm. like you know it just it, it's there's there's something about this world that the, the, every corner something's happening you know yeah and 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 you kind of find this like in just in the visual aspect of it you'll hit this corner uh and it's like oh shit it's like a whole different kind of thing but it's not different to where it feels like segmented like this is mm-hmm. new level it, it, it flows really nicely i got teleported to this other side of the map and that place looks crazy hold on. <laughs> I, I, hold, that place looks hold on hold on, hold on, hold on. don't spoil that for me don't sp- no 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 okay. but what i'm saying is visually visually okay. it looks completely different from what you've seen okay, already gotcha. you know and then going into like the uh what's that thunder uh we're training a lot you just went there to fight that one boss. oh i don't remember the names uh, of the places storm something. but anyway it's rain yeah. 
yeah, it's storming. It's raining a lot there. I went to the uh, to the Weeping Peninsula. That looks like a basically uh, Shadow Colossus area, like just in terms of how everything looks, just uh, the, the yeah. art style. Uh, it, it's super, super uh, diverse in its in its look. It might, while it might not be graphically impressive visually, it can be pretty stunning. I'm gonna be a little. I'm gonna be a little different here. I mean, well, I mean, not too different. I mean, I, I I think this game leans more on its art style than it does just pure powerhouse visuals. To your point, it's not. Yeah, it's definitely sure. not going to be no Horizon Forbidden West. But what it, Hell what no. I think it has going for it is its at its sense of atmosphere. That place is a whole vibe, man. It's 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 so like ethereal and, and dreamy in a way. Like the, there's like a like a like a haze to that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. That just makes it feel. Um, more than just this crisp, bright, vivid open world with all these different things that are just so eye-popping, you know, and bright and colorful. Like, it's very... Um, the color palette is really unique, too. Um, the yellow, like I was talking about, is is, a, is an element that I think was handled really well artistically. And I just like that it, it's... It's almost water painting-like in some... It, or, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just very, very... Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's so airy and light, but also yeah. it still feels high fantasy. It's not as grimy as I think Dark Souls kind of was, or even Bloodborne, where it's just it's just it feels bleak. It doesn't feel bleak to me, really. It yeah. just feels like I'm in a dream almost. Um, so I love that feeling. I I'll go as far as to say in in video games, I think this just visually art style it to me from what i've seen so far it's kind of tied with the witcher is my favorite high fantasy setting um yeah and i think part of that is just the way that the world feels alive even in its even in its stillness like the you know the, the bustling yeah. of trees and bushes and the wind and the weather uh they all just create this this atmosphere that makes me believe that I am where I am in that game and it immerses me and and, and that not a lot of games do that I, even Skyrim for as much as I love Skyrim it didn't do that for me like Witcher did in, in a handful of other games this one it just clicks man the art style just clicks with me so I'm I'm in love with the look of if this you, game and, and if you ride around enough in that in that area you'll see things you're like oh did you see the caravan with the large things yeah 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 there's actually uh if you jump in back of that there's like a weapon on it you can open the chest and there's weapons on it like stuff like that scared (laughs) yeah stuff stuff like that happening is 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 really great it's really good and and it just uh monster design and and and, and enemy design is really good as well it's just a really well designed game, which is a thing that all Dark Souls Miyazaki does in a, in a really good way. Whether it's you know, like you said, it's more dirt, dirty and dark in the other Souls games. Right. Again, this goes back to what I was saying: an amalgamation of all those games put into this because it has a little bit of the Sekiro stuff in terms of how it looks artistically, a lot of the Bloodborne stuff, a lot of the Demon Souls, Dark Souls, it's all blended into this one thing and it really, really, really looks good. And it's not blended in a way where it's like, this is the Bloodborne region, this is the Sekiro region. No, no, it's all that art style in one way. Like, it's just all mixed into one and it, and like you said, it created like this yeah. dreamscape, this dreamlike kind of existence in this world. And it's, 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 
for me, it's it's very stunning. Like I'll 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 hit this corner and I'm just standing above this cliff and looking down and shit has happened and I'm like, damn, like they yeah, this is a a Dark Souls game. Like this is a Souls game. Like you never. This is a giant leap for me. Oh, absolutely, like, it's a giant be from yeah. and it's so effortless the way they pull off those those wow moments too. Like you know how a lot of games intentionally kind of force that like almost yeah. like that that out of the vault Fallout moment and you could tell it's like oh you're going for that too. I see what you did there. Like this game yeah. does that by accident so many times where you yeah, just stumble so on like this vista and you're like, oh my God, yeah. you know, like you, you have no choice but to admire it. Now, I will say, let's get to the performance side of things. It's it's a little rickety out here in, 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 in Elden Ring. What do you mean by that? Like um, the frame rate. The frame rate problems, oh. PC optimization, people are going through a oh, lot yeah, of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. People are having... On yeah, te- people are having a lot of problems. Yeah, on a technical level, yeah. yeah, it's beautiful to look at, but you you gotta kind of suffer through the typical from software poor optimization issues, and they've been thankfully they've spoken out about it and said they're gonna look into it. I don't know if they really assured they're gonna do a lot lot because um, historically they really haven't, but. Unstable frame rates, I mean, even on Series X and PlayStation, you're talking about, I mean, Series X is about 40 to 55 frames on average. PlayStation is around 45 to 60. Well, I'll give a little, I'll I'll just say a little bit on that. I'm not having frame rate issues, like, there's no dips in me, but I do think it is still... It's a, it's a, well, it's dipping. It's kind of, it's shitty. It's shitty of them to release a next-gen version of a game and not have... And have an uncapped frame rate, like where it goes between, you know, certain. Right. I think that that that's bad. Yeah, I you think gotta that cap they it. have to. You gotta cap it. You gotta go. You gotta go. Like, look, dying light to the thirty, uh, yeah. and, and, and or or sixty. You know, exactly. And 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 Horizon Forbidden West had that too, where it had that really good thirty and that and that great sixty as well. Like these these games, this is what you have to do now. I I think in that way. It is inexcusable almost for a game to come out in 2022. Oh, it's not almost inexcusable. After, it's inexcusable. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. After 20, in 2022, after what we see with all the games that come out this year, not to compare them, but no. performance-wise, that's how you play. Oh, we're comparing you know, it's not, We're not talking about game per game. We're talking about performance. Exactly. Things. I think that that's inexcusable. However, I have to say that I'm not I'm not really experiencing any like drops where I'm like, oh my God, the frame rate is terrible. It is consistent, and I think that's what matters in that sense, but I just wish it was consistent at 60. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, it, 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 it gets to a certain point where, you know, um, I, I'm having, I'm not having any real problems that way, but there are times where I, I pan the camera around. There's a little bit of a stutter there with, you know, it, that you wouldn't see at 60 frames. Um, and I, you know, this game is, is visually stunning, all that good stuff, but it isn't like, it isn't specifically like mind blowingly graphically like, uh, uh, incredible. So I don't understand what they, what they were doing and why what they're doing is they're being know. lazy. I'm sorry. I, and this is where like, you know, uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to pull punches cause I don't have this affinity for souls games. Historically, they, they suck at that. They suck at this. Listen, yeah. I want to say lazy. Uh, I just think they're bad. That's at lazy. It. I'm, no, I got to say lazy because you've had, you, you keep, you I, keep but, trying Marco, to make the can scene. Can you really play that? Can you really play that game in, in that grandness and that vastness and call them lazy? Per, you got to get performance. You're going to make an open world game. You got to figure out how to make it technically sound. That's 
Yeah, I struggle with that word lazy. I can't, it's I, so big. It's such a I great can't game. let you do it. It's, it's lazy yeah. because you, you've you first of all, what, what's going on with PC gamers is absolutely terrible. That they've got it hands down the worst. There's no excuse for your game hitching for a full one to two seconds in the middle of gameplay when you're trying to beat a boss when you're trying to just travel on your yeah. horse, do basic stuff. They that should not be happening I, to those people. What I agree, they're bad at optimization. That's terrible. Sure. I yeah. I should not have to choose to play the PlayStation 4 version of a game because you can't make your game run at 60 frames because you wanted taller grass and didn't think, well, what's the cost of that and is it worth making our frame rate inconsistent? You have the Xbox yeah. version that's loading at three times the amount of time that it takes for the PlayStation version. The loading, the loading on this game is fucking horrific it's horrible for y'all and that's and that's for xbox players and that's not fair to anybody like so each of these different groups are getting screwed in a different way and that and to me that's that just speaks to you guys you wanted it out in february you got it out in february and it's unoptimized your pc build came out like crap that people had to kind of try to look past for your reviews and every version of the game is suffering in some kind of way that that that, that shouldn't be happening you don't see this happening I, with other games like dying light yeah i think that they need to recognize what they're good at and what they're not good at and if if this means one platform then make it exclusive it, or, or or not make it on PC like they like they before they used to before because I think that I think this is this is an issue that is constant with them and I I think it's just they're not good at it and if you're not good at it you have you have to get good at it it's it's a thing you have to do because it's unexcusable at this point in 2022 I, yeah. to have these kind of performance issues across the board and, and and on top of that like their response to these complaints they called these issues literally a phenomenon. Like they said, the phenomenon yeah, of, of feedback. What? I'm sorry, that doesn't sound like you're taking this super. That's why I'm 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 calling it out and I'm saying it's lazy because yeah, you can build out this great world. It looks it's beautiful. It, and we'll get into gameplay stuff in a second. Lots of things are, are very good about this game, but you you see games like even Dying Light Two saying, you know what, we're gonna try to lock this at sixty, even if we gotta take it down to 1080p. Even if we got to go to guarantee that it's at least going to be stable, we're going to do that. And you couldn't even get these people to make that kind of concession. They're, they're shooting for 4K for really no reason at all. It's not even necessary. And it's just making everybody suffer in these in these really you know annoying ways. So I, I, I think that is, yeah, but I think that is I, not I, okay. I think they're in a position where they have to get some help outside of it. Because even, even if they don't shoot for 4K... And it, it runs smooth. People are gonna complain the fact that it's not in four K. So you have to, you have to really. I don't you know have about to, that. Not the souls can. No, nah, end of the day, no. Nope. Not the souls. No, nah, no, nah, and it don't matter for them because they're they're such a small part of it. Like you have to really look at this in a grand scheme. I, I think if you want to do this, you have to be, you have to be, especially the way you're coming down on them. I think you have to be across the board. It has to be four K. It has to be sixty frames. It has, or or at least have the option for 30, 60. 4k or something close to that uh because that's what you're making a game for this generation but you know my only pushback is the lazy part of it because it's like i just don't think they're good at it and i don't think that they're going out there to get help and that's on them they need 
to help. They have to because it happens way too often. It happens all the time. And it's specifically affecting the community. The fact that I have to wait an extra two minutes for it to load and you don't. And the fact you're playing the, the, the PlayStation 4 version, that's shitty. And, and that you shouldn't have to make that concession. And I, have to, and I don't have to sit there and wait for that loading time. But, you know, they have to get some help because it, it, you can't have a game like this come out and, 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 and be as good as it is and still be and marred by these the, stupid yeah, issues. All over the spectrum yeah. with performance problems. But, you know, we're not going to yeah. dwell on that for too long. We got to move on. But, you know, I wanted to definitely take some time to, 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 to talk about the performance stuff since it's a big topic right now, yeah. for sure. Um, but let's shift gears. Since we were talking about the open world, why don't we kind of talk about the open world? Um, is this one of the best open worlds you've ever played through? So from what you've seen, obviously, we got to, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think that I think a lot of my judgment on this game is based on this caveat. It's pretty, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen for a Souls game. Mm. You know, like the thing is, I love Souls games so much that obviously I can say, yeah, in terms of like the open world, I think this is one of the one of the more interesting open worlds I ever played in. Um, I, I think that it, it rivals Breath of the Wild in terms of its exploration, even though, yes, Breath of the Wild has its climbing and you can climb yeah. anywhere uh, mechanic. This doesn't need that uh, at all. Uh, and, and, and the way that they design the game, there's really, you know, it, it gives you the same kind of exploration that Breath of the Wild does without giving you that mechanic of having to climb around everything. You know, you have ways to get around. Um, I, I, I love the fact that you can go into this mini dungeon and come out with like a couple of hundred souls and this item you've never heard of and have no idea what it's about. <laughs> uh, I, because, you know, yeah. it kind of, what, it, and, and I understand, by the way, if you do that, if you go into a mini dungeon and you come out with that shit and you're like, what the fuck did I do that for? I can't for? even use this. Tot- yeah. <laughs> totally get it. I totally get it. But I like that because what, there's a boss that you fight um, and it drops this specific sword. If you were playing a prisoner or something, there's you, uh, you'd have to dump hours of rune points into wielding the sword, right? So with that, if you wanted to, that's the beauty of the game. If you saw the sword and you're like, oh, I love the stats, you can do it. Yeah. You know, you can get there. And and, and that really kind of helps you build your character to certain aspects in terms of, okay, now I want to play with this sword. And I, I and I like all that shit of that game. I, I think that going into these worlds, like the, the Weeping Peninsula is a thing that I got there, but I had no, accidentally got there. Big thing opened up in the bottom map, said Weeping Peninsula came across the board, and this is side mission about release, uh, you know, doing something. I'm not going to say what it is. And it's like, oh, shit. And then I, I'm dry, huge boss uh, out of nowhere. Like, it's shit, little shit like that that doesn't seem to be connected to the story, I don't think. I, I, I haven't really gone too far in it. But it's like, it's there for you to do. And 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 that's, it's it's all about exploration. It is all about exploration. And I think, really, when you look at what they're doing with that and how they're rewarding players, I I, I think it's phenomenal. I, I, I think it's it's... It's one of the best open worlds I've played since Breath of the Wild, and I think in many ways it's better than Breath of the Wild in terms of its open world, um, <sighs> because it does more with its aesthetic. It does more with its visuals mm-hmm. than, than Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild has different areas, sure, but I think ultimately Great Plateau and the regular kind of open world in Hyrule is about it's very similar, and it's it's this game does more with that. It's variant different areas, and it is absolutely uh, it's astonishing to play when especially for discovery's sake now as a as a skeptic of these games from from software i didn't have a lot of high hopes for the open world to be honest i thought it's yeah. your first shot at Me it either. it's probably going to be all right you know but i don't know if it's going to be great i am going to say i think it is one of the best designed open worlds i've ever seen 
Um, yeah, I'm pretty definitive about that. Um, you, you touched on a lot of it, so I'm not going to rehash too much. Um, but just to piggyback, yeah, the sense of discovery, that mystery, the air of mystery in this world is incredible. Um, and I just love the fact, and this kind of bleeds into some of the gameplay elements, but just the fact that it creates more player agency to sort of breathe and stop and explore and make choices and decide where you want to go and what's most fascinating to you over in the distance that you want to go and look at and explore and um, areas of the map that you haven't unlocked yet in your in your uh, in your map uh, that you want to go check out, and it, it just there is. It's it's just a constant carrot dangled in front of you that you want to chase, uh, and 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 that is a testament to how well built the open world is. It it, it it's a, there's a sense of majesty to it, um, and scale that I just find mesmerizing. And um, navigating in that open world through the gameplay has been um, an, an absolutely like blissful experience. Thanks in part to the best horse in video game history, Pablo. My God, Torin is out here. My God, trotting, trotting into my heart. You understand me? It, it controls incredibly well. They they dispel with the whole kind of like, yeah, it has a health bar, but as soon as it depletes, you can just yeah, call it again. Swordplay off that horse. Magic too. Amazing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have really best magic. But this one, it just really works. Um, You know, it's funny because one of the things that I was kind of scared of going into the open world is that Miyazaki is famously uh, known for level design. How things in, especially in Dark Souls 1, you start here and there, open this door, open this gate, and all of a sudden it, it becomes this huge circle that you didn't even see coming. And and the gate opens up and you're like, oh shit, I'm right back at the beginning of this thing. You know what this man does for his free time? He just cr- makes maps, creates like little maps. <laughs> it's a <laughs> so, so when I when I saw that, I'm like, I I, I fear that I'm gonna lose a little bit of that incredible level design. No, I don't lose that shit. He translated that into an open world, and then also still has that within the kind of mini dungeons and the major areas. So from from what yeah, I'm told, yeah, uh, it also has that stuff, which is like, it, it's best best. It's the best of both worlds. Which brings me to the little uh, thing I was gonna tell you. What I I talked to you, uh, Tomarco, uh, off the show offline, where I was telling him about. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, how this kind of re- contextualizes Metal Gear Solid Five, oh, for me, yeah, and not yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Uh, where, like, I, I'm a big fan of Metal Gear Solid Five, but that open world is great, the, the the gameplay is great, all that is great. But what it's missing is the the installations, the bases, the stuff that you could actually go into and really crawl around to and really feel that that Metal Gear Solid experience. Uh, this game uh, does that in terms of like it still has an open world that's new. It's it's a huge jump, just like there's a lot of parallels. It's a huge jump from uh, Metal Gear Solid Four to Five, massive jump to open world from Sekiro to or Dark Souls Three to this to Elden Ring. It's a huge jump, all that. But Miyazaki did not lose sight of what makes those games great, and he has them in spades. He has mini dungeons, big dungeons, little spots like caves or like tunnels that are ever expansive. He has all of that throughout, and he brings that Dark Souls feeling into those areas, and then also gives you that open world which is new but still familiar which is I, I still don't understand what kind of like witchcraft I'm under to, to to I still feel like I'm playing Dark Souls games even though this does not resemble a Dark Souls game at all See, because that's it's an interesting, open massive I, goal anywhere I world. actually yeah. don't feel that I don't feel like I'm playing a Dark Souls game and that's what I'm really happy oh, about I, feel that shit. I don't yeah. feel it I, I and the last thing I'll say is is the fast travel points are fair thank god I was really worried about oh. that I was like, so let me, yo, are we going to, and yeah. like the checkpoints, if you like die before a boss, I was like, oh man, if they do that, 
I might be able to, to tolerate this. Because what I said in the beginning about like if you die, you got to restart right back from square one and do it all over again. Yeah. Man, do I not want to do that for this game when it's open world. So they find they 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 played it fair there. I like that. So yeah, there's a lot of like uh, easy. It's not an easier game, uh, but there's a lot of easy like more accessible things. One of them being the stakes of America. Uh, where are like they're like checkpoints. They they basically work like checkpoints. Yeah. They're not bonfires, but they're they're these little statues that you can respawn uh, from, yeah. and they're strategically placed in certain areas to where like okay, they know there's a thing around here. Uh, they they haven't said what it is, but they're usually if you see one, you uh, know uh, a something close, like, like there's something yeah. around here. So it works in both ways. It's almost like a, a landmarker where you're like okay, there's got to be something around here because it's kind of telling me that, and then also it works like a checkpoint. And it doesn't make it easier because if if there's no bonfire or however you, they call it uh, a state of grace or um, whatever it, these weird what terms yeah. are, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is basically a bonfire. Uh, if there's not one around, it just takes you back there full life and you go start uh, over your exploration. So that stuff is really cool. Um, and uh, there's another thing that I had here in terms of ease of access. Uh, well, basically just just that it's it's it, it's that and, and just the fa- the fact that. Um, when you kill a group of enemies, mm-hmm. oh, it gives you back uh, your, uh, uh, your health uh, and magic flasks. Your yeah. health, which that's new to the game as well. Like, if there's a group of enemies here, you killed all four of them, you'll get like two back right. or something like that. You know, and there's certain little things that you can kill that also replenish your your thing. So there's a lot of moments here that give you the things that you're always looking for in Dark Souls games. I'm looking to refill my my flask. Mm. I'm I, I'm looking to to do. All that here, it gives you the option to to change your flasks from it being the one right. uh, magic to five. You can basically decide if you have if you one, have six flasks, yeah. you can delegate. I want three of them to be for health, three of them to be for magic, or you and can, it's not permanent. Yeah, and you can do that anytime you want to make it yeah. easier, depending on your not build permanent. and whatever you want to do. Yeah, uh, which is super. I, fun. I rock like a I rock like a six one right now, um, of health? but sometimes six health to wow. one. Of oh well, that makes FP. sense for you. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then uh, if I if I'm fighting a boss and I want to get like you know some things to help me, then I can just switch. Like I do like a six, I do like a five two mm. or or four three, and I can just do that on the bonfire right before. I mean, it gives, it doesn't try to fuck you over with like little bullshit like that. It really goes, hey, this is the way you want to play it. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think difficult wise, I think the game is pretty difficult still, if not in some parts more difficult than other games, but it doesn't feel like that because of the fact that it gives you all these other options and it makes it a lot better in terms of like when you die, it doesn't completely feel like the end of the world. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you took us there. Cause I want to talk about difficulty as the soul skeptic that couldn't get very far. I'm going to tell you guys, if you're on the fence, I actually think this is the easiest so far. It's not, so it, far, and let me it tell is. you why it's not, and let me tell you why. But it's the thing. I bet you, if you go back to the other games, you'll be surprised how much easier they are. I, I just think I, I, here's the thing: Th- no game is for everybody. That's just the way it sure. is. But when it when this game clicks and you figure out how to play and how you want to play it, this is how the game actually feels. I can guarantee. I will guarantee you right now. Go back to Dark Souls three, or go, go back to Dark Souls one. Go back to. Maybe Bloodborne. Yeah, especially Bloodborne. Play that. I guarantee it. Easier. Nope. Easier in this nope. game. This game has a... It, this game is very, very, very difficult. But 
it gives you all those options to play the way you want to play it. And right now, you're feeling like you feel like it's easy. But I'm telling you right now, in terms of mechanically and some of these bosses, even even the further bosses, I'm sure you're gonna be okay because you, you you've clicked and you know exactly how you want to play this game. So I, I'm telling you right oh, now, it has nothing I, to do with the fact that you're I, that I, it's easy. I, I know, but you got you got let you, me you gotta let me get to why, dog. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. here's here's why I think it's easy. It's easier. It's not because the actual difficulty is is easier. It's because you have more and better opportunities to learn how to yeah. not only figure out what build works for you, to figure out how to make it fun and figure out how to make it viable in ways that you can't in or couldn't for the most part, in the older games because you were kind of funneled through these death tunnels and castles where you just have to get through it and survive and you die and you start again. It's mentally easier in, in a weird way too because yeah. yes, you're, you're yes. not getting forced to that restart point where you're like, oh my God, I'm back here again. Oh my God, all my souls, I just lost all the way over there and I'm going to die again at that But Like I was saying at the beginning of the, of the show or the segment, you don't have that dark cloud hanging above your head anymore so you feel you feel more at least for me i felt more cool with dying because i knew the punishment was not going to be as harsh as it's been in previous games so yes i'm not sitting here telling you i don't think i'm going to run into a challenge or as as, as many challenges as i did with other games i'm sure i'm going to get folded up by a lot of these bosses but the thing is, is that you have the breathability that this game provides you to learn your play style and figure out your approach. And if you die, you can, for the most part, start pretty close to where you left off. And that that counts for a lot for a lot of soul skeptics. That that is clutch. And I'm telling I'm telling you guys out there, if you if you're if you're like me, that is going to that is going to be a big difference maker for you. It's not going to be, you're not going to be so frustrated at the difficulty because you know you can go right back to that boss. Like the first boss in this game, there's one of those statue checkpoint things right before you go in there. Um, now, yeah. I do think that they do make some things um, you know, available to you that are convenient and help you, like summons. You can summon these, uh, what, what are they called? Ash, uh, not Ashes of War, these spirits or whatever they are, like the wolves. Yeah. Um, with the bell? Yeah, yeah. The summoning bell. You can summon like wolves to fight for you and you can unlock more stuff. I also think um, you can you can summon like actual like AI um, companions to help you too. So the first boss, I, I unleashed the hounds and I had him helping me out. And I was just in the back, you know, doing my melee and hitting with magic. And, you know, so you have a lot more at your in your arsenal too uh, as well. And it, you're not just kind of confined in a way that... I felt like I wasn't in, in, in previous games. So yes, the challenge is there, but so are yeah, the options that, and stuff, so are the, so are the opportunities yeah. to, to play around with things, to figure out a, a cool way to, to go yeah. after them. The, the summons and that stuff did exist in previous games, but uh, it, it doesn't, it, but it, it, what this game does, it, it works on their character where like you can do, you can play any way you really, yeah. really want and then add that to it. It, it really can make it seem like it's easier, but um, no, I agree with you. I, 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 I think that mechanically there's a lot of things about the game that I'm going to, that I know that it's, it, it, these bosses are about to get, about to get real hard, yeah. but it's okay. I, I don't mind. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It's actually made me welcome the challenge for the first time ever. And that, and, and I guess you could say the gameplay has been that clicking moment for me. 
um, in because because of those conveniences with with checkpoints and in uh, fast travel areas, I never feel like I'm too far away from where I left off if I fail. Uh, and that has made me be more willing and more bold to test new stuff out, to try uh, different strategies, blah, 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 you know, switch up my flask uh, delegation and stuff like that. Yeah. So getting into kind of the, the more of the nuances of combat. And this is where I want I want to take a little quick little pause because and, and, Pablo, Pablo behind the scenes told me he didn't want me to share how I felt about the game until the pot. He only wanted like the first hour. So I'm going to yeah. stop real fast here and just, because this is probably the good segue to do that, to to tell him how much I like the game. It sounds like I'm positive on it, right? This has potential to be one of my favorite games ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have a lot of stuff I have to see, obviously. We're both pretty early on, right? But even if it's at a point now where it's like, even if I rolled credits two bosses from now, this game is like, it's, it is that good. It it is that good. Um, and, and the gameplay, some of the stuff I just talked about a second ago and what we'll get into in a second is, is, is the real bread and butter as to why. Um, but I want to kick it back to you now that I kind of revealed that in, in, I want to get your thoughts about the combat coming from your experience with other games. You, you mentioned like there are some similarities like that, uh, the summons and stuff, but where you're at based on what you played and what you're seeing now, how is this combat in general gameplay hitting you? Okay. It, it feels refined. Okay. Uh, but it also feels familiar and that has to do with more or less of how I play uh, the game itself where it, it, I still, I'm still playing the way that I always play, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm running into the same kind of like, okay, I, I, this isn't a strength of mine because I, I play it this way. I, all that stuff is still the same to me, but it definitely feels more refined. Um, I think that there might be some differences with roll animations and, uh, sorry, I get a little technical, what good? they call like uh, iframes, invisible frames. I think that they've shortened that a little bit. Um, there's like an invisible posture. Um, meter uh, here where uh, basically there's some oh. when you do like a R1 or a R2 kind of um, strong attack they'll, they'll they'll get into a stun mm. mode there's no real way of, of knowing what causes that there's no meter that's showing that which I like that because there's some bosses that, that happen soon you're like oh shit I just stunned them and you can go with, go to town a little bit there's not choreographed too much there's a little bit of like a, a element of surprise even in, in the combat in that way um, R2 attacks uh they were never really been viable in any game. Uh, they take too much time to, to charge up. They don't really, they do damage, but when you look at DPS, just kind of hitting R1 three times is equivalent to the one time the R2, but it takes a lot more timing for R2. It just never really made sense. With that invisible posture meter and the R2, it's a game changer mm. because now you're, you're playing and if you get, and if you get that, um, that kind of, uh, that stun, and then you do the R1 a couple of times. Now you're doing quadruple damage on an enemy. And it's like, you, you, you don't know what causes that. But that's what the element of surprise in, 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 the, in the fighting does. And I'm sure there's people out there who, who, who will get it down to every enemy oh, type know. has yeah. this and this. But as it stands right now, and as, as it was intended, I'm sure, is there's no real way of knowing. And that's kind of like the magic about R2. Where it's kind of like a little present for you. It's like, hey, you're using R2 now. 
and here's a stun animation. You just stun them for that. And I think it's it's very dope. I think it also they added jumping, which by the way, uh, that's huge. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention. They that, had yeah. it in. Yeah, they had it in the second row. Obviously, it works as a traversal. The second row is really fast. Uh, they added it here. It works really great. There's a there's a jump attack that works really awesome. That also has that 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 is the ability to break that that um that posture meter. Um, it, it, it just it really it's just little things like that that it really refines it. Um, uh, and it really makes playing uh this game like moment to moment the combat like really really awesome. Mm. Like I, I'm using that katana, uh, and you can also. Uh, two-hand every weapon and when you two-hand it has different um <clears throat> different animation styles as well different fights if you two-hand a weapon <coughs> i'm sorry if you two-hand a weapon and <coughs> you hold r2 down he does this thing where he puts his um uh sword away and then it's like this this large attack that if you land that it's massive it takes so mm. much uh damage away from uh your enemy and it uses the fp uh to do that as well so fp is not just for magic it's for those moves as well so little things like that 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 kind of refinement of the battle system and just rewarding you for actually using every aspect yeah. of your armament uh is is really is really great and, and it just adds to how awesome the game. As a matter of fact if they were to add all these things into a dark souls games that was just like Dark Souls Four without an open world. It would be this would be the talk of the industry. Everybody would be talking mm. about this new combat system, but because it is mixed with the huge open world of it, it's kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit. But it is a huge difference. It feels familiar though, but it is it, it, definitely different. That's an interesting perspective. I mean, you know, I, and, and I trust that. I mean, you know, you definitely know kind of you know where things stack up. And when you talk about how it's refined, it feels refined. That that's yeah. really important. I think uh, to call out for sure. I think my my take on the combat. Um, is a little bit more, uh, I don't know, ethereal, I guess, than, than it is kind of in the technicalities of things. Um, but, you know, on my notes, the first thing that I have here is, is a compliment, and that is to the astonishing handling of so many stylistic and combat-related variables. And, and what I mean by that is a lot of people... Um, you know, when, when you see that, when you watch someone play this game, it kind of looks like every other Souls game, right? And it's a little yeah. stiff. It's not very stylish when you compare it to like a Horizon, right? Like a, like call out a more recent game. But the thing is, is that Elden Ring has to account for so many different play styles at the same time. Whether you want to be stealthy, you want to be a, like an archer, a mage, or up close and you know personal and everything in between. Lots of different play styles. It has to make each of them work, each of them balanced, each of them viable in their own respective ways. Whereas a horizon only has to focus on getting two or three things right. Shooting the bow yeah. and arrow, hiding in some bushes, and climbing some Out of bushes. climbing some stones. And they're all red bushes, by the way. That's just convenient. <laughs> um, so it's those three things the horizon has to do. So they have more opportunity to put flashier animations and more flair into their design work because they're only having to account for a handful of variables. Whereas... Souls games, right. especially this one, has to account for everything you might do. And that's special that it pulls all those off and, and it feels uh, viable and, 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 you know, it's so responsive and tight, too. Um, I would also say this is from Softwares, and I kind of touched on this earlier, but it's their healthiest challenge yet because the game is built in that open fashion to build your confidence faster, let you test out and farm and, you know... Um, uh, have more aid at your disposal at times. So it makes the skill progression more gratifying. I've actually really enjoyed that process of kind of enjoying the fruits of my labor a little bit. Um, 
every class is truly viable. And I would say if you're a novice like me, and I touched on this when I talked earlier about like what um, a lot of influencers and YouTubers say, um, don't get pushed into what's recommended for you by experts. Um, even even friends or people that you know, you know, because you might they might be right in knowing what the best beginner friendly class is but that might not be the most fun class for you i can honestly say like if i tried to play as the confessor class which was pretty much unanimously agreed upon as like the one of the easiest classes to play as if you're new to the to the series if i had played as that class and got to where i am now i don't think i'd keep playing the game so i think the most important advice i can give anybody who is considering getting this game but isn't big on souls is find your fun when it comes to what class has the best play style that you enjoy the most, and then learn how to make it viable after. A lot of places want you to pick what's viable first and then figure out how to make it fun for yourself afterwards. And you and, and that's just the wrong order of doing things because yeah. you gotta have a good time before you can, you know, um, before you can really do anything else. And so that's why I, I, I ended up locking Especially on the prisoner. In this game. You know what I mean? Um yeah. I love the pace of this game too, dude. I think the pace and the structure is great. Um, the tough love that the series is known for only comes when you're looking for it. Uh, to me, yeah, you don't have, you're not forced into anything you don't want to do. If you're getting mopped, go leave. You know what I mean? But even then, like it, it, it kind of always keeps you on your toes, and that's what I like about it. It's like it's majestic. You're exploring. It's awesome. But if you run into like one enemy skeleton, <laughs> yo, he could still wreck you if you if you if you don't if you don't pay attention. Fold you know, you like a lawn chair. It's bad. It, it's yeah. it, I mean, yeah, it, it does have those moments where you're like, yeah, you know, don't don't fall asleep because there's. Because you know it happened to me actually earlier when I had some I had two dudes on horseback just out of nowhere come out of the bushes and I was just lottie dying around looking at these like sword structures that were built over <laughs> and they came from my throat and they took it uh, that didn't sound right but you know what I mean um, but there's no rush though you know what I mean like there's no rush to progress or push forward you go at your pace and I think again that is something I really enjoy now I will say as a detriment a small little detriment. The AI is a little dumb in the open world setting. Like you can go kill somebody and then the guy will like over in the distance will kind of like yeah. stop and look around. He's like, all right. They definitely just... have like <laughs> invisible lines yeah. to where like, yeah, they won't attack. And I guess they do that again more for like accessibility. Exactly. Imagine if like you're fighting this one skeleton and like there are yeah. five different things around that just come. <laughs> that would be a little pain in the uh, annoying, but it, it does kind of, it's a little uh, immersive breaking. Teeny like, bit. You know, just a little It's bit. convenient yeah. because you can play off their stupidity a little bit, but at the same time, it's like yeah. you almost sort of want like them to go investigate the yeah. body. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's a viable kind of like strategy, even in all other Dark Souls games where you can like, you can like use those invisible walls to your advantage where you can cross one, see one and then take them away from the group and then fight every single one of them like that. But it feels a little bit more different. It feels different. And again, immersive breaking because it's an open world mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be all this open world. So, you know, at that point it's kind of like, ah, that guy mm -hmm. in horseback should definitely be coming yeah. over here. To <laughs> exactly. Me. But he's kind of like, and he just yeah. turns around. I'm like, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any other thoughts about the gameplay at all? I want to talk about story real quick, but I want to make sure we didn't miss anything. Oh no, yeah, I, I think we covered. I think we covered everything okay. in that in that aspect. Okay. Yeah. we can move on to story. Um, I don't know about you, man, but this is easily the biggest disappointment to me, hands down. Um, where are you at with this? <laughs> I, I mean, I, 
just like I'm where I'm at with every story at Dark Souls games. Is I don't really I don't really pay attention too much. I my my the, my re, one of the reasons why I kind of struggled with Sekiro a little bit is because the story that I'm paying attention to, uh, pay attention to, is kind of like the story that's being told through visual kind of means, right? Like some contextual things that you read here and there. It's not really about the main story, and Sekiro didn't really have an interesting one. This game is 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 it doesn't have the story is is kind of what you would expect. Queen is this has disappeared, and her kids are running amok. <laughs> All right, and they all have shards of the of the yeah. Elden Ring, so you know, collect them. Okay, cool, that's fine. the 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 way you get there, and, and kind of like the moment that stuff is less interesting, a lot more interesting because there's not a lot there. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I want a story where it breaks down with like CGI or or CGI cutscenes or anything like that. I I'm really enjoying kind of like just going to this cavern, going into this uh, little dungeon, and just kind of creating not creating my own story, but just kind of just like I'm this guy out in this world and I'm just doing this shit. Like I I don't know. I I, I never really had. There's never been an experience in any uh, Souls like game where I'm like this story really is 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 the really touched me or it's like really interesting or none of those stories like i dark souls 3 is one of my most uh it's one of my my top 10 game of all time and i know something about it. ashen one i don't know what the hell it's about <laughs> i mean i don't know what the hell that story is about but i love that game so you know it kind of reminds me a little bit of breath of the wild as well where the story is pretty much the most disappointing part of that game but the gameplay and everything else is so amazing it kind of doesn't matter but that's kind of where i'm at right yeah now. i mean i think i think with souls games the obscurity works for and against the game in a lot of ways in a lot of ways it creates yeah. that mystique that makes everything you, you know, when you find a weird catacomb underground it's like what is this like i didn't know this was a thing yeah but it also it also hampers this ip in a way that really baffles me you know we we heard all about george rr R. martin coming in to help build this world and you would i don't see none of you it. would you would think that if that is true that there was more of an intention to do more than tell just another typical souls, obscure, riddly, rhymy, gibberish, narratively unmotivating nonsense that this is. I mean, it. this game's dialogue sounds like it was put through three language filters and then back to English again uh, and, and just come, came out on the other side being completely nonsensical, hard to remember. Um, they do a good job in the early part of the game, like when the the opening cinematic to tell you kind of the the that open cinematic was hype. hype. I was like, what I was is... like, this is gr- okay, cool. And when the and when the narrator was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was, that man was breathing. He went all oh, right. I was like, whoa, oh. yo, he was he was he was best part of the game story. Um, but you know, but but I want to circle back to the narrative motivation. Like I, I'm a story guy. I think it's safe to say you kind yeah. of are too, right? And Absolutely. There's yeah, just yeah. nothing that kind of pushes you forward to see through the game out of curiosity for the story. It's just a yeah. lot of. It's just overdone mystique, and I think that it. What makes it baffling is is again just they keep jumping from IP to IP. 
Like, you wanted Demon Souls, then you went to Dark Souls, then you went to Bloodborne, then you went to Sekiro, now you're in the new IP again, and you're telling the same story every single time. Yeah. So... Yeah, if it's not, if it's not Ashen, it's, it's uh... Yeah, it's, it's a palette it, swap it, it's, at, it's, at, at a certain point, yeah. dude. It's like, come on, so... Tardish, this one's a Tardish. Yeah, it's, tar- a, it's a just a whole new vocabulary to learn, but it's the same stuff. I... A lot of people talk about the stories of Dark Souls saying, "Well, uh, uh, it doesn't need a, it doesn't need a story, and it'll hurt the like the mystique of it." I don't think so. I, if this game had a well thought out story that wasn't like the same stuff from the other game, it would, if anything, enhance the experience. Yeah. Uh, and, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't think that this game lives or dies by that either. I think that this game uh, could go down as one of the greatest games of all time, still even without uh, that story because of how incredible everything else is around it. But like, there is something to be said about. That I mean, um, I guess this game has the benefit of it never really having a story. Whereas the Metal Gear Solid Five, you know, there is incredible lore, and all those games are all story heavy. And then come out with this shit, it's like what? <laughs> but this with this yeah. game, you know, I guess it has the benefit of not ever having a really like legit story like that. But man, I, I think that I think that that whole argument point that it wouldn't really benefit. Absolutely. I think it this does. game had like a dope ass story, or had a more, or had this story, but it was a little bit more thought out, and, and had. I think that would, if anything, enhance the experience beyond. Yeah, and I'm not saying the lore isn't there. It's just that at a certain point, yeah, you're there. just staring at glowing, glowing trees, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is a fantasy game, and and I think this had much more to offer than just kind of that observation of like, oh, that's there's just some fantasy now, looking stuff. Yeah, probably a dragon around here. You, you know, it's like, come on. Have you done side missions? I've done. I don't think I've done any side missions yet. I've just kind of been roaming. So there, you'll find if you'll you'll find some side missions that actually tell a story. But you just know that when you find those side missions, they tell that story. They are confined to themselves. It doesn't bleed over to the main story. And I wonder if that's what the George uh, R. Martin stuff. Because that stuff, that stuff is really cool, and it it, it really like. It really lends itself into like I won't say what it is, but there's this moment where you go into this place and you already kind of heard a backstory from a character, and when you go in there, you know what happened based on what she told you. Yeah, and it's kind of like oh, I see everything, and that really adds to it, and it's a really cool experience. But I don't know, it, it's it, it that kind of game story could have been used and utilized uh, when telling the main story. Yeah, true. So. Now we got to wrap it going a little long here, but um, I want to end with one more question. For you, um, do you think this is on course to becoming your favorite from software game? No, uh, it's on course to becoming my favorite game of all time. Why are you doing this? You don't. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yo. And for the record, of course, not, he's not talking that is, about not that Ocarina of Time. Just in case y'all are wondering, like, what's what's the yeah, what's not, the bar? Not, not that it is, but it's on course. If 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 it if if the rest of the game is happening and it feels the way that I'm that I'm feeling right now and it's consistent, which is the bar of a great game. Like that's how I felt with Ocarina of Time, that's how I felt with Witcher 3, that's how I felt with MGS3. Like it's just from from start to finish, you know, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. If Elden Ring is able to do that, it's a, it's one hell of an achievement because it's not an easy game. It's not a short game. Uh, there's a lot to do in this, and if it can keep my attention, knowing how I am, throughout, and be this invested from start to finish, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Now, 
Is there? What's the chances of that happening? Um, I think of it ending in my top ten, pretty good, pretty good. It being the best game ever, I I don't know. I, I think that's it's hard to say yeah. because if I I've always said that Ocarina of Time is, is nothing. No game is ever going to beat it just because of the 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 way that I feel about that game, but also the nostalgia factor is so incredible in, in, with that game. So mm. it, it's like pretty locked in there. But yeah, it could make it. It could. I mean, just because of how I feel about it right now. And just how I'm always wanting to play it. It's yeah, absolutely can. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, to answer your question, to question your answer, yes, but also it could potentially be uh, one of my favorite games of all time. But that it's it's, yeah. it's it is uh, admittedly early to say. I don't think I'm talking about a top ten game of all time for me. I think I'm probably talking about one of the, maybe a top twenty, twenty five, maybe if if all goes well. But hey, the sky's the limit for for sure. But if it, if it keeps if it keeps playing the way it's playing right now throughout, and you go from start to finish throughout, I mean th- that's that's the stuff that I'm talking about. It's it's the consistent mark. It's the consistent mark of quality oh, of like, throughout the entire game. Yeah, yeah. I just think historically, story based games tend to stay where they are, and on my on my yeah. top tens, it just is what it is. Even if gameplay is better elsewhere, story kind of rules above all on my kind of list. Um, but I will say this, at, at, you know, to go into the soul skeptic bag one more time. I know from experience how annoying it is to hear some newly converted Souls guy finally get it. Oh, yeah. It's obnoxious. You're like, cute for you. All right. I still don't want. I will say this. If you're on the fence like I was and you were a skeptic or you didn't enjoy the other ones like I did, I think this is actually worth your time. Um, yeah. it, there's a lot of things this game does as an open world experience that we talked about with the conveniences of fast travel and, and checkpoint areas and not having to redo everything all over again that are going to cut down at least 75% of the, the usual frustration that people that don't like Souls games kind of experience. It will make you more galvanized to learn and progress and figure things out. Uh, and it will make actually conquering things more fun because you didn't feel like you got a grade two concussion from hitting your head against the wall to do it. <laughs> but listen, grade two. <laughs> there's a difference. There's a difference. CTE. Be- there's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference between being a skeptic and wanting to hate on these games. And there's there's something to be said. I think you were always kind of searching to 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 find one of these games that clicks with you because you kept trying. You yeah. know, like. I'm not a fan of certain games. I'm just not gonna play it. Like, I, I, like puzzle games. I don't play puzzle games unless it's like Portal. Uh, but I don't play those games, and I just don't try them. Yeah, I don't try them. Yeah, at all. But the fact that you kept trying is that you knew there was something there, and you went into be though skeptical. You went into it feeling with an open mind, and so I think if you're skeptical with an open mind is one thing. But if you're coming into this and, and be like, oh, I hope it's not more Dark Souls because it fucking is more Dark sure. Souls. Sure. It, it undoubtedly is, you know, but I, I, I think um, it, it, they they do things here uh, that advance the series and also I think it opens it up to a little more players. I still will say I don't think that if, if you don't like Souls games, like if you don't respect them, if you don't get it the whole, if you don't want, this is not going to change your mind. This just won't do it. Uh, but if you are skeptical and 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 and, and respect the series for what it's doing, and you, there is a possibility that this could be the game yeah. for you to get into it. But if you are absolutely against it because you just don't like these kind of games, this is more of that. Right. 
to the best of its ability, but it's still. Yeah, I totally so, agree. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, if you are just here to kind of hate it and hate on it because, you know, I don't get the appeal. Well, then you just kind of, you just might as well pass it up. If you have that morbid curiosity. Yeah, that's fine too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's there's no there's no shame in it. you know, game how you game as I always say. But like if you have morbid curiosity towards this game and you're willing to kind of give it a little bit of a fair shake and you can tolerate some of that obscurity, right? Like the how did I how was I supposed to know I was supposed to blank blank blank, right? Like there's a lot of those moments yeah. even early in the game. Like how did I even yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know to go there to go get this thing to go get that thing. So you got to kind of do a little bit of research, learn some build stuff, but and I told Pablo this earlier, like once you kind of know where, where, what you kind of want to do and how to get there, let go of all these voices on YouTube and stuff and just go experience it for yourself and have, and, your, have your brand of fun with this game. And I also will say like, don't worry about that stuff either. Like, you know, finding the thing for the thing for the thing because the game is built to where you don't have to find those things and you'll be right. fine. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's still kind of crazy when you find a thing, you're like, Huh? Man, if I wouldn't have done this and this yeah. and this, how would I have gotten that? I, a total accident. But that's it is right. what it is. I mean, there's certain things in this game that you will never do, Marco. And there's certain things in that game that I will never do because either of my build or because of just the way I explore. That's the beauty of it. And that's, and that's even true to that's even true to regular Dark Souls games where there are weapons that I'll never find, or if I find, I'll just sell them off. And I could be, I could be selling off like the best game and the best sword for me. Like mm. it just, it's all about discovery, man. Yeah. And just experiment, discover, and and have at it. I think you'll enjoy it if you really, if you really want to enjoy it. I think there's there's enjoyment to find here in this yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. If you're willing to let yourself enjoy it, you shall for sure. Um, but uh, you know, we talked a, a good amount about this game. We went a little over our usual time, but uh, you know, I think it was worth it to kind of you know present two different perspectives to this thing. Uh, so that's what we did. Um, but that is going to wrap up um, this week's show. Um, on behalf of Pablo, until next time, uh, be sure to give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed us. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at cooldowntimepodcast and Twitter at cooldowntimepod. So that will always be in your FOV. You're welcome. We're going to go out there and be elderly again. Uh, and we'll see you next time on the Cool Down Time Podcast. Peace out.